Welcome back to another episode of You Are Just a Number podcast, a podcast regarding leadership, teamwork, process improvement, and the passion people display. Today's podcast is unique in that I wrote an essay that was published in our local newspaper. In addition, I was invited to a local radio station to discuss it in a podcast. It is a story of how communications has improved with technology. Unfortunately, these improvements have also hindered the art of communications. Here is the podcast with Stan Milan of WCLO in Janesville, Wisconsin. Apply. See store for details. The opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of WCLO or big radio staff, management, or sponsors. WCLO presents the Stan Milam Show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, all the ships at sea and our drivers in their air chairs. Once again, the Stan Milam Show, this time a Wednesday edition, prepared and brought to you by Ted Aylin. Yeah, and you got to be on, the, on your top game today, Stan, right. because Mrs. Aylin is listening today. Oh, hi, she Mrs. Asked, Aylin. Denise, she, how, I hope uh, we do well. Yeah, she was asking, how can I listen to you guys today? And I gave her the resources for all that. All right, so, all right. So, uh... I'm on my best behavior, and uh, we shall proceed. She doesn't care if you're on your best behavior, Stan. <laughs> a good broadcast is what she's looking for. Uh, 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 Tim Brummel cares if I'm yeah, on he, my... Yeah, he does, And yeah. uh, uh, I was uh, just talking with uh, our owner and uh, grand ex-checker of the everything, Ben, mm-hmm. and he said... Stan, have fun, but just don't go so far that our license might be in jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> so now, yeah, we, I'm looking up exequer, exchequer. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. It's yeah. a high title. I, it is yeah, indeed. Yeah. He he certainly is. So uh, Ben and Denise will do our very best. During the second hour of the program today, we're talking with Tom Appel. He is publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. We're going to talk about some current automotive issues, but we're also going to take a trip down memory lane. And just to give you a little idea of what we might be talking about, Fascinating world of car company logos. Interesting. And the worst car commercials of the 1980s. Oh, and I'm looking forward to this. And celebrity car commercials. And I'll just give you a hint. Fine Corinthian Aha. leather. Yes, yes, so, yes. So we will be uh, doing that during our... I might have to find some second. music for that Yes, one. yes. Yeah. We start the show off today and are very pleased to have in our studio Jim Zellum. 
Well, well, thank you. Thank Hi, you. Hi, Jim. How are you? Very good. Good. Very good, Stan. Uh, I appreciate Jim, being here. Jim has, uh, is from Madison, and he he agreed to drive down to be with us in person. It's always nice to get that face-to-face uh, familiarity and communication, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we'll be introducing maybe to some people some new terms like silos and things like that as right. it relates to communications. But let's start out, Jim, by having you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. You uh, you have quite a fascinating background in terms of how you advance, how you learn, how you move up. You started out a, a, a company... Uh, Ted, I, I think you're familiar with uh, out of Milwaukee, Cutler Hammer. I and, actually am uh, not. Uh, uh, Jim is, started out as uh, kind of a line worker, a, a laborer at Cutler Hammer, and ended up as uh, vice president of operations for companies uh, all over the United States and publishing and that sort of thing. So right. give us a little bit of background, Jim, on how you started out, how you moved up through the chain, if you will, uh-huh. and some of the some of the lessons you might have learned. Oh, sure. So I started out as a common tester at Cutler Hammer, and I just said I can't do that for the rest of my life. So I actually went back to night school, Milwaukee School of Engineering, and I got a double E degree. Okay, and I used that great, a double E degree, yeah, electrical engineering. I oh, got it. Okay, okay. and uh, so basically. What I really wanted to do was, uh, I'm an engineer at heart. From a little kid, I always tore things apart. I had to figure out how things worked, okay? And so what happened was I wanted to become a manufacturing engineer. I wanted to fix the problems out in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So all I did was I interviewed for a job, and I actually became an industrial engineer, a time study person. And the re- he says, well, why would I want you for that job? I says, well... I don't really want to be an industrial engineer, but I know that's my way in. Okay. And I'll do you a great job because I want to be your manufacturing engineer. Mm-hmm. And from there, I got my degree. I became the supervisor of manufacturing engineer. Uh, then I became um, uh, a really a plant superintendent, uh, basically down in Snap-on in East Troy. Uh, I worked for Borg Instruments, and I eventually went back to the East Coast and I got a job really in, I had a lot of background in electronics, and they wanted to hire me in microfilm, and I couldn't understand why, but it was because of all of my quality training. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a job there. I, you know, we, it, I did process improvements, and I always have to say, it was not me that did it all. It's the people on the floor that know it all. Mm-hmm. And all I did was gather that information and put it together. And I eventually became a vice president of operations there where I was responsible for once an editor signed the collection, uh, signed the contract for the collection, I was the person that either had to bring it back to microfilm or I had to put it, digitize it because it was going out there. And I've been to some great places. I've actually been in the archives in Moscow, and I've been in the oh. archives in uh, in Ukraine. Okay. All right. And um, as you progressed through that, you got into this electronic publishing sort of thing and archiving and that sort of thing, and you worked hard, and you were able to retire. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the short of it. Yeah, I did. Well, I did get to retire, right? Uh, and the reason I brought that up is because 
as we spoke earlier, in your retirement, you did a lot of volunteering. Yes, I did. And a lot of that volunteering had to do with Janesville, Wisconsin. Yes, it did. And the two hospitals. Tell us about it. Well, yes, I I, I, uh, volunteer for Red Cross. And one of the important things is a lot of people don't know is that hospitals need blood. And sometimes they just need blood on their shelves. And sometimes it's an emergency that you got less than an hour to get there. They're having an operation. Someone was in an accident. So I I drove blood for Red Cross to both hospitals in Janesville, St. Mary's and Mercy Hospital, and uh, had had a good time. Met a lot of people. Are you still uh, Are you still involved in other volunteer work? Oh yeah, I still I still volunteer at Red Cross. I volunteer for the Verona Senior Center. I actually schedule a lot of drivers to help people get to their appointments. So I like to give back to the community. Okay, all right. So um, that's kind of where we got the Good Samaritan label. And uh, based on your experience mm-hmm. and maybe even some of the volunteer work that you do, you have uh, kind of dabbled a little in what some people might call training, others call coaching. Right. You've got, you've got a website. It's called... You're just a number. You're right. And you offer your services to individuals and groups. And when I heard about you, our mutual friend, Jerry, right, uh, I thought, gee, that's interesting. And Jerry said, well, you know, Jim is submitting an article to the Verona newspaper. Right. On Thursday. Right. Tomorrow it should be Tomorrow. out. Tomorrow. And you know me, Ted. I'm always ready for a scoop. <laughs> so, and Jerry said, maybe Jim will come on and you can scoop the paper by a day. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. And I read this article. Right. And, I, and I'm fascinated by it because you speak to some things that I believe in and that I've experienced. You're talking about how there seems to be a trend to communicate without talking to someone or seeing them. Right. I will tell you for, I'm going on 24 years working with high school students in a program that requires them to interview people. And when this program started 50 years ago, the students would go out to Washington to interview people, and they'd have to take rolls of quarters, and they would find telephone booths, and they would contact people by phone so that they could set up a face-to-face appointment and an interview. Right. Today, when you suggest that to many students, they go, what? You want me to call someone and talk to them to set up a face-to-face appointment? You got to be out of your mind, Mr. Milam, you old fogey. (laughs) I'll text them and maybe set up an email interview, but call them and talk to them and then face-to-face? Oh, I don't think that, I don't think I'll do that. 
And I thought, okay, we've come to an age where people that do a lot of computer work, let's say, right. they sit in a cubie. Right. Or they just sit at home in their slippers. And a lot of employers say, I don't care when you do it. I don't care where you do it. I just want you to do this project and do it well. And so maybe there's a plus side to this new form of communication. But maybe there's a downside. Maybe you lose that ability to discern certain nuances in when you ask somebody a question and how they answer it and that sort of thing. I'm going to shut up, Jim, and let you talk about this whole concept of us living in silos and how it may be beneficial, how it may be harmful, but what we need to emphasize when we communicate with each other. Floor is yours, sir. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, Dan. Um, basically... Uh, when you go back in here, there's good and bad with technology. And there is good if you're a programmer, you need that silence and you need to work in the room. But even when you talk, even with COVID right now, you know, you don't have that personal communications. And you cannot get per personal communications on a Zoom meeting. You just can't. You don't get to read the emotions, okay? And when you go there, a lot of times it's just seeing somebody, as you just said in the beginning here, you met. Uh, I forget his name. Ben was his name. The power to be. Oh, our, no, our he is the checker. Power. Yeah, the checker. Right. You yeah, met somebody. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about him, right? And it was that little, in little talking back and forth that makes a relationship. Yeah. But you can't make that relationship behind Zoom. You can't make that relationship behind a text. Okay. There's many a times, have you ever have you ever read an email or a text? I've done it to my brother. He calls me up. What are you mad about? <laughs> I says, John, I'm not mad. I just emphasized the wrong word. Okay, so yeah. you, it's a matter of how you interpret what I'm emphasizing and what I'm not emphasizing. And it's much easier to do that face-to-face -face where you see oh, the yeah. facial expressions and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, one example you give is... Going into a donut shop or something, <laughs> and you want a bagel. <laughs> this is kind of simple, right? right? This is right. not rocket science. Right. You want a bagel. Tell us how that can get so messed up, you may never get the bagel. Well, we wanted a bagel. So we just went in there, and we ordered two toasted bagels, okay? Hot toasted bagels, and we just wanted to eat and chat. Well, everything was fine. The one guy took the order, he cut it, put it in the toaster, and the guy goes, and now it goes into the toaster. But now it pops out of the toaster, and there's another person over there that's going get, to get it, you know, get it wrapped up for you. But he wouldn't get it because it was the toaster's guy's job to get it. I'm saying, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> just, can you just give me the hot bagel? Okay. Uh, no, you know, we, we got to wait for him. So where's the team communications? Okay, there's no communication. But these guys are in their silos. <laughs> I take the order. Right. This guy puts it in the toaster. Right. This other guy takes it out of the toaster, right. puts the cream cheese on it, and wraps it up. Right. There's but, no teamwork. And sometimes when you get into silos, it's you can't get out. <laughs> you, you can't get out. But silos are good, but they're bad. Okay. Uh -huh. For instance, let's just take 
the medical field or anything, okay? You specialize in silos. You just do because you know what? A doctor that does your heart can't be doing your kidneys and everything. He has to specialize it. So he builds a silo. Great information. But now if the two doctors, so now you have another problem and you need an operation. If the two doctors don't talk from the different silos, you have problems, okay? So what you need to do is you need to get these silos to communicate. And once they communicate, okay, actually they're helpful because they help each other and they, they, uh, they promote um, uh, initiative and innovation. For instance, your cardiologist might say, we've got you going now, but you need to be on this medication. Right. But you also have some blood pressure issues, and that doctor says you need to be on this medication. But if they don't, those medications may conflict. Exactly. So you need that community. Is that what is that what you're getting at? Oh yeah, they conflict. They don't talk. Or e- even if you go back into, can you imagine? Just think about this, okay? So you're building a house. Now there's silos in a house because you need the electrician to put the electrician wiring in. You need the plumber to put his plumber in, and you know you need the HVAC guy. You need the carpenter guy. Could you imagine if there wasn't a general contractor orchestra- orchestrating that? It's the communications that makes it work because you can't put in, you can't put up the sheetrock before the electricity's in. Yeah, yeah I put in the drywall <laughs> before the plumbing. Oops. <laughs> Bad mistake I got there. You. I got yeah. We're going to take a break, okay. Jim. Uh, I'm going to communicate with Ted here. <laughs> are you hearing me, Ted? Loud and clear, all Stan. Right. Uh, we are talking silos and all sorts of other things with uh, Jim. And we're going to take a quick break. We have some important messages to pass along. And then we'll be back on the Stan Milan Show. Jingle blooms, jingle blooms. Hi, this is Jordan at KW Greenery. And luckily, we're much better growers than we are carolers. Come see the beautiful jingle blooms, also known as poinsettias, in our greenhouse. Every color, every size, perfect for your home or as a Christmas gift to friends and neighbors. Delivery available, too. Straight from our greenhouse home to yours. Kane W. Greenery, Highway 14, Janesville. I'm Frank Miller with Your Money Now. Well, the markets finished out the day on a strong note. The Dow up around 260 points. Meanwhile, the Nasdaq and S&P were up around 1% on the day. The gains came following some upbeat economic data. The conference board said that consumer confidence improved more than expected in December. Elsewhere, a National Association of Realtors report showed that existing home sales climbed to a 10-month high in November. Shares of Pfizer climbed today following reports that the Food and Drug Administration is authorizing its at-home COVID-19 treatment. The medication called Paxlovid can be used in patients 12 and up. It's the first at-home treatment available for COVID-19. The pause on federal student loan repayments is being extended for an additional 90 days. The White House says that the current student loan pause will remain in effect through May 1st of 2022. In commodities, crude oil futures were higher following data that showed a bigger-than-expected drop in U.S. crude inventories last week. WTI crude for February up $1.64 to $72.76 a barrel. That's your money now. 
More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancerscreeninfo.com. You date like you weren't 22 anymore. Like, emotionally mature is kind of hot to you now. And six texts sent back-to-back is totally cool. You date like your experiences, relationships, they haven't just made you you, they made you interesting. Young love was great, but dating as a fully formed, emotionally mature human? Man, that's on a whole other level. This is the season for giving and helping your neighbors. We at ED Waterworks would like to help you. For every water heater, softener, or iron filter sold from now until Christmas, in your name, we will make a $20 donation to either Echo or the Salvation Army. Don't put off your decision to get a new energy-efficient water heater or save salt and wastewater with Logic's Demand Regeneration Water Conditioner today. Call 752-4718 or go to edwaterworks.com for details. E&D Waterworks wishes happy holidays to you. If water runs to it or through it, we do it. We all want to build wealth, achieve financial stability, and reach a bright retirement. Join Sheena Hansen Thursday afternoons at 315 for the More for Your Money weekday edition. Right here on WCLO, Janesville, Beloit. Naughty or nice? Who you got there, Chad? On the saxophone. That would be Paul Desmond playing the sax and uh, Dave Brubeck on piano. Oh, Dave Brubeck by. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for Paul Desmond, he's the driver of that. You know, Dave, yeah. Dave Brubeck plays the piano, but yeah. Paul Desmond plays a mean, mean saxophone, sir. Now, when I was younger, uh, I used to leap through Playboy magazine from time to time. Really? Uh, just to read the story. Yeah. Oh, oh, of course, of, of course. course. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't inhale. Um, <laughs> but um, there was one thing that, and I, is Playboy magazine still published? Yeah. It, okay. It, it is, but not as often, I guess. It was a monthly publication, I believe, in, in yes, its heyday. Mm-hmm. And once a year, they would have the Playboy All-Star Orchestra, jazz, jazz musicians, yeah. and all that, and uh, the Chad Mitchell Trio. Uh, but uh, Brubeck was always on it. Oh, sure. But Desmond, as you say, he led that. Mm-hmm. But uh, remember the uh, album "Time Out." Mm-hmm. It was a classic. It had that modern art cover on right. it, and. It was just fabulous. Yeah, and that's the album that Take 5 came from, I believe. Exactly. Right. I think that might have been the name of the album as well. You know, I'm not well, sure. I think the reason it was called Time Out is because they oh, do di- use different time signatures. Yeah, For and example, one, Blue, was, there's a, a a song called Blue Ronda La Turk. Oh, How yeah. I remember that, I have no idea, but it was like in 2-7 time. Oh, yeah. Like, it was just the weirdest time signature you have ever ever heard in your life and they could make it all come together 
because Dave Brubeck was a master composer and he could take all these different instruments and all these different talents and blend them. There you go. Pot that up a little. That means he was a good leader. Yes, right? he used exactly. To know how to, he used to know how to orchestrate that team to do it the right way. Yeah. But and, li- ever... listen, to, listen to this in the time signature. Thank you, Ted. Well, and the thing is, he ended up hearing that someplace in Turkey. And he ended up, that's that sort of rhythm. And he ended up writing the song around that. And so what we call in broadcasting a segue, (laughs) we go right into leadership, taking these talents. Right. And you had a great example in this article that we are scooping. Uh and tell our listeners about the Empire State Building example. <laughs> oh, the Empire State Building. So how long do you think it took them to make the Empire State Building? It had to take five, six, seven years. Yeah, it, they did it in 15 to 18 months. No. Yes, they did. If you if you actually Google that or whatever and check it out, it will, it will tell you how long it took them to build it. This was the world's tallest building when at it the, was at built. The, at the time. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It now, only took way, a year and a half? Yeah. And by, how, and, how and, and by the way, how long did it take you to fix your uh, bridge over here well, in Changeville? Well, the, the, um, <laughs> the Jackson Street Bridge <laughs> took 20 years of me complaining about it. I almost said a bad word. Uh, <laughs> me complaining about it and a friend of mine named Billy McCoy. And we just kept on and on and on. And they finally repaired it. And... More recently, downtown Janesville, the Milwaukee Street Bridge took forever. Right. I think one of the, I, I don't know, something got goofed up and they had to redo it. had to do it. with water levels. Uh, There's too much would, water it, it in the river. just insane. It took longer than 18 months, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, but, but our technology is better today oh, it than it was taken before they 18, built the Empire State. Right. It should have taken 18 days. Construction started March 17th, 1930, building opened May 1st, 1931. There you go. Wow. 16 months. Really. Well, what the, and they didn't have any technology like we have it today. They had to actually take out a piece of paper and write something down and pass it to somebody like an order for supplies or product or right. whatever. How did they do that, Jim? Pure leadership and teamwork. They, they worked as a team. Okay, I, I, I can tell you right now, in my experience of being, uh, when I wanted to do process improvements, I always went to whoever was doing the job, okay, and I listened to them. I listened to their what their problems were, because you want to know something? People are fascinating. They have the workarounds, and the workarounds are super important. Even when you go, we'll go back to the hospitals for a second because it has to go from coding to billing. Mm-hmm. And there's problems, okay? But when they have a problem, those people in both departments, they know the workarounds. What, where it comes into the leadership, a good leader will take those problems and help them, help them uh, 
get rid of their problems, fix their problems, rectify the problems. Because you got to understand something. A manager lives with the results of the problem. The people live with the actual problem. Uh, That's interesting. We used to have a General Motors assembly plant in Janesville. My father worked there for 30-some years. And he would tell me stories about problems and just say to himself, why why do they do it that way? Right. And they had a thing called a suggestion box. And I think for the most part, it was, you know, okay, somebody put something in the suggestion box and the management looked at it and whatever. But a couple of times that was a situation where management heard from the line employees. And I remember I said to my dad once, I said, well, why don't you put that in the suggestion box? One of the things was, as the car went down the assembly line, it was coming off the end of the assembly line with scratches on the side in the paint. They're going, what the heck? It was guys who were leaning over to put something on the car, and their belt buckles were scratching. Wow. So my dad, or somebody said, put a, you know, a plastic thing around your belt buckle. Or don't wear a belt, uh, you know, uh, uh, or whatever. But something that simple. So I'm thinking that's an example of what you're talking about, Jim. You go down to the line. What's the problem? And I'll bet they can not only identify the problem, but give you some pretty good suggestions on how to solve it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I, I want to tell you a story, Stan. Back when I worked at Borgs, they made the clock for the Honda Accord. We had to do 1,200 a day. It was a very bad process when I first got there and everything. Now, I changed the process. There was a manufacturing engineer. He came back and he, he developed a, what they call a slide line, okay? The product would just slide along. And, and it had like 10 to 12 people. And it was an excellent process. But the problem was he would come out of his office every now and then. He would change who does what because he saw the bottlenecks. Oh, okay, so now the bottleneck's between two and three. So you do this, you do this. He comes out three hours later. The problem's over here now. So we could still couldn't get the 1,200 clocks out a day. So what happened was the people came up to me and said, Jim, can we can we want to help, but he won't let us help. I said, well, have you told him? We want to do it, but he won't. He says it's his way. So I said, okay. They had, they had something to prove. So I mm-hmm. said, okay, tomorrow morning, I want you to start at 6, and then by 11, you can do it your way. You can change who does what, but you can't change how we do it. And I said, you have to have 600 clocks. So... At 11 o'clock, they had 625 clocks done, okay? The engineer came out, and he was mad. And I said, why are you mad? (laughs) They just solved the problem. They just solved the problem. And you know what? They made you look like a hero because your line works now. But he didn't want the people's help. And by George, you need the people's help. You might might have had a... Leadership problem there. (laughs) Just a touch. (laughs) You think? (laughs) All right. We're... uh... Talking with Jim Zellin, and it's a fascinating idea. And another thing, how long ago was this at Borg? 
With the well, clocks. When I was in board, that, that's back in the 80s. Okay. Late 80s. So in the 1980s, there wasn't Zoom and texting and... No, no. Was there even email? I don't no, know. No, the internet didn't come out until 94. Well, yeah, and I tell people, Jim... I'm I'm going along in my journalism career, yeah. and I finally learned how to run a fax machine. It was it was like <laughs> rocket science to me. <laughs> how do you get this stupid thing to work? Uh, I finally mastered it, and then they invent the internet, and I'm back at square <laughs> they one. They took it again. away from me. Oh, you ask kids now what a fax machine is, and they have not a clue. Exactly. But your point is. They didn't do a computer model. No. They didn't text each other. There was a face-to-face meeting, some people articulating to you right. what the solution was, and you got face-to-face with the supervisor of the project, right. and you discussed this. Right. And you didn't have to say to yourself... Well, he emailed me, but I'm not quite sure what he means. (laughs) You were face-to-face, and if there was any question, you could articulate exactly what you mean. Exactly. And a major problem, that's a big account. uh, Honda, for heaven's sakes, you don't want to mess that account Oh, no, you do not want want to mess that that, account. You don't want to lose that account. So um, another good example. Thank you. Yeah, I I just want to mention something. We were talking about this earlier, the value of face-to-face communication, because Mrs. Aylin is listening in. She is a communications major. She talks all the time about paralanguage. And what paralanguage is, is what is being said, but not through words, reactions, and really, oh, sure, yeah. and, and along with that, the undertone of a conversation as well. Mm-hmm. You, you, when you have a text, you lose all that, yeah. or, or for that matter, sometimes telephone conversations or emails. So really, when it comes to having the best possible experience when it comes to communication, face-to-face is great, but that's something as... We've been talking about we're losing as a society. Oh, we are. But, you know, the funny thing is, too, is you got to be careful. I'll give you a prime example because you got to understand what words they're emphasizing. And that that's where the communication comes in because you can say, right. I told you I didn't steal the money. So I'm talking about I didn't steal the yeah. money, but I know who did. I told you I didn't steal the money. I kind of like took it. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> it's a matter of what words you're emphasizing. And, and the problem is with texts, if you end up capitalizing words, people think you're yelling. They're, so yeah, you're yelling or you're angry. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So but, it's hard to articulate right. with a with a text message or an email. Right. And they can very easily be misunderstood. Many times I get something going on. We're going back, text and forth, email. I said, do you have time? I says, I'd just like to call you. I says, we can resolve this in two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we call and the problem's resolved. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's amazing, though, as young people become more efficient with technology, it just drifts farther from this personalized form of communication. We're going to talk a little more about that with Jim Zellum on the Stan Milam Show right after some important messages on WCLO. 
When you need legal advice, you want to work with someone you can trust, someone with experience, someone local. The team at Nowlin Law works together for your success, offering a wide range of expertise from local attorneys. Nowlin Law offers services from family law to estate planning to real estate and business law and everything in between. Nowlin Law is here to provide you with the service you expect and the solutions you need. Learn more at Nowlin.com. That's Nowlin.com. Experience, vision, integrity. Nowlin Law, downtown To all the hunters and those who support them, thank you for a great hunting season filled with adventures. You put on the coffee, got out the blaze orange, beat the sunrise, watched the sunset, took in the magic of the outdoors, and shared your hunting stories with family and friends. On behalf of all of us at the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, thank you for finding your adventure and going wild in Wisconsin. This is Stephanie Knippel, founder of Stateline Mental Health Services in Beloit. We know this past year has been challenging for many people. We appreciate that so many of you have trusted our clinic to address your mental health needs. We wish you all a Merry Christmas and Peaceful New Year. For more information about our services or to schedule an appointment, go to statelinemhs.com or call 608-368-8087. Stateline Mental Health Services, helping, healing, growing. U.S. Cellular knows the holidays are a big deal, so we've put together a big deal for the holidays. Right now, you can choose any phone, any brand in any of our stores free. That's right. You choose any phone in our store and we'll make it free. Now that's a big deal. And to make the holidays even brighter, we're giving you unlimited data for our best price of the season. Just $30 a month per line with four lines. That's sure to spread some cheer. Feel the locally grown joy from U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Limited time offer. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. You're organized and looking to work in a fast-paced environment that values and rewards hard work. Upper Lakes Foods, a wholesale food distributor in Janesville, would like to talk with you. Upper Lakes Foods needs highly efficient warehouse team members to help build and load pallets for distribution. Learn more about available Upper Lakes Foods warehouse positions online at upperlakesfoods.com slash careers and join their growing team. Hired applicants are eligible for sign-on and performance bonuses. Upper Lakes Foods is an equal opportunity employer. Make your next visit delicious with a Culver's Double Butterburger with cheese. It's a Culver's family specialty with a little extra. Your community-minded Culver's uses fresh, never-frozen beef seared on the grill after you order, topped with real American cheese made in Wisconsin and served on a lightly buttered toasted bun. And don't forget to check out the flavor of the day. You are sure to taste the handcrafted difference at your locally-owned Culver's of Janesville and Beloit. His middle name is Sports. You know, actually, it's Jeffrey. Complete sports coverage with Josh Goldberg on Southern Wisconsin's Morning News. Twice an hour, 5 till 9. Weekdays on WCLO, Janesville, Beloit. Listening to the Ventures. I'm right back where I started, Ted. Oh, yeah. 1962. Well, actually, I, I well, something to stop. Well, technology, though, made the equipment better. Right, right. <laughs> you still have to talk into this thing called a microphone. <laughs> um, we're talking with Jim Zellum, talking about leadership. We're talking about communications, the importance of just being with someone. Right. Talking to them face to face, 
communication skills. Yeah, you know, when I work with the students on interviews, right. first thing we do is when you meet somebody in person and you're going to interview them and you introduce yourself and I and I say let show me how you're going to do that. I want to shake your hand and you introduce yourself and they go and they kind of hold out their hand it's just kind of <laughs> drooping and they go hi I'm no <laughs> You got to look, and they're looking at the floor. <laughs> and eye contact is so important. Yeah, yeah. And I said, no, you you look at the person. Hello, I'm Stan. Nice to meet you. Nice firm hand grip right. with a handshake. Simple things like that. And they go, well, why do I have to do that? And I said, that tells that person that you know what you're doing. You're you have self confidence. You're professional. Et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. You get so much out of that initial exchange, that initial uh, contact. Right. So you wanted to talk a little bit about your book. Right. And some of the lessons that you've learned and some of the things you'd like to pass along. Go ahead, Jim. Well, let's talk about the book first. I wrote a book called Stepping Stones of Leadership. And I want to make it clear, I never wrote... Leaders. I never wrote the book for upper management. Okay, different story. Okay, because I consider leader and leadership two different things. Okay, leadership is a philosophy. So I wrote this book to help people at the lower levels to the medium levels of where they're coming from. Okay, and it's all about my roads of ex- experience, and I give plenty of examples. Okay, because what happens to so many people get promoted because they do a great job. But are they a good leader? Exactly. Okay. So what happens is this book helps them. How do you, if you, all of a sudden you get promoted and all of a sudden you're a supervisor in Target, how do you take care of the people? Another I'm, example, Jim, might be you're a great teacher, one of the best teachers in, ever. And you get promoted to be superintendent. Yeah. Does that ne- because you were a good teacher, does that guarantee you'll be a good superintendent? No. Not necessarily, right? No. Yeah. No. Another thing, I don't know if you mentioned this in your book, but you mentioned it to me. The difference between training and coaching. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, teaching is I'm teaching you something. You start a new job, I'm going to put you in the lab and I'm going to teach you. You can make mistakes and everything. Okay, coaching is I'm coaching you through, okay? I see you're doing something wrong. Let me show you how to do it, okay? I'm coaching you. I look at coaching like a coach in football or any sport, really, okay? So what happens is I'm Hopefully gonna... not Matt Nagy at the Chicago Bears, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry. I digress. <laughs> so, but a coach coaches you to be better. But remember one thing. They can't play the game. So if you're a good leader, you want to be a coach. You want to help people get better, teach them how to do it, how to get the team to work together because you have synergy. You'll get more out of a team than you will all the individual parts, okay? Okay. And there you go. Um, Where can our listeners get your book? 
You can get the book on Amazon. You can get it as an ebook, okay, or a paperback book right now. And, he's okay. on it, and it's only seven ninety five. And the name of the book is Stepping Stones of Leadership by Jim Zellum, Z E L L E M. Right. Okay. You also have a website, and you offer your services right. to individuals and groups that might want some coaching. Coaching in communications, leadership, that sort of yeah, thing. Team building, leadership. How how would someone go about inquiring about those services? All they have to do is either look, go to my website, youarejustanumber.com, and that's the letters U R, justanumber.com, and you can connect, you can email me from the site, or my phone number's there, you can call me. I'm a gearhead. I, I'm hopelessly addicted to cars, vehicles, racing, everything. And I got to wonder, when you were back and forth to hospitals in Janesville and I'm sure other places from your hub in Madison, right. volunteering for the Red Cross, what kind of car did you have and how many did you wear out? Come on now. Well, they had a lot of Dodges. Now they're the Fords, and we ran cars like over 250,000 miles. All right. All right. So here's a guy who knows how to wear out a car. Yeah. That makes you number one in my book. Jim, thanks for being Thank with you us. Very much Best for of me. luck. Thank Come you. Come on back sometime, okay? I will. All right. That's Jim. He was a vice president of operations. Ted, I'm vice president of what? Everything, Stan. Sparky and, would say nothing. Well, but. remember one thing. You end up working in silos all the time. What do you get? Silage. <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. Yep. <clears throat> Thanks, folks. We'll be right back on W. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as I had doing it. As you know, I am always looking for unique and interesting stories to share with our listeners. So if you have an interesting idea or story you would like to talk about, just contact me at youarejustanumber.com. That's the letters U R, justanumber.com. Until next time, have a great day. <laughs>